Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the May 2017 podcast. Once a year, I, I like to ring the changes a little bit with the content of the podcast. And rather than just have a miscellany of sort of topics that I chat about, I like to offer you something a bit different. And so for this month's podcast content, I've decided to put together a compilation of three particular soundtracks. Now, these soundtracks are all advice tracks which come from Mark's monthly message, which is actually a video presentation that members of eClub Pro get in the middle of each month. Altogether on the eClub Pro archive, there are well over 80 of these different advice videos. And what I've also done is taken about a dozen of these and made them available for sale individually. Not the video itself, but the soundtrack from that video. What I'm going to offer you now are three of those soundtracks to listen to. The first one is all about a perennial question that, that busy close-up magicians often get asked. How do you approach a table? Well, that's what the first extract's all about, so have a listen to this. Well, hello, welcome to Mark's Monthly Message. Uh, it makes me laugh, really, the number of times that over the years I've been asked one particular question when it comes to commercial close-up. And people say, uh, this is people bearing in mind who perhaps haven't done any or very little of it, they say, um, how do you approach a table? Um, it has to be, anybody who does a lot of this work will know that uh, that is probably the most common question. And I've often wondered why on earth anybody should centre on how to approach a table as opposed to all the other myriad of things that in fact you need to think about if you want to make a good job of it. But I suppose what it's all down to is that feeling that we probably all have when we first go to a booking and we're faced by a room full of people. It could be sitting at tables where everybody could be standing. Um, they're not actually paying any attention to us at that point. And we're standing there and thinking, crikey, I've got to go out there and I've got to entertain people. I've got to get their attention repeatedly, not just once like you do with a cabaret. You know, the cabaret starts, you get everybody's attention at the beginning and hopefully you hold it to the end. With close-up, you're often starting with lots and lots and lots and lots of different groups. And each time you have to control that group, get the attention and do something meaningful. And because you're constantly starting and restarting, it's something that if you can't get it right or if you don't feel confident doing it, I can see that it might become a source of a certain amount of stress. But actually when you think about it, approaching a group or approaching a table is really quite straightforward. It's, it's basically down to two or three key elements. The first key element is picking the right moment. Um, sometimes you can't tell when that right moment is going to be and you can be unlucky. Uh, if everybody's standing up, for instance, at a, a sort of reception type event, and you spot a group think, I'm going to go and work for those four people over there. And unbeknown to you, they've just said to each other, right, well, let's go to the bar and get a drink then. So you start to walk up them and just as you get to them, they all turn around and walk away because they didn't know you were coming. And so they just went to the bar or they left the room entirely or the two ladies went off to the toilet or whatever it is. The group can suddenly disappear. Now, obviously, this doesn't tend to happen quite so much when you're approaching actually a table because people have more fixed. But even there, that can happen too. People get up to go to the toilet, or they go to the bar, or they go outside to have a cigarette, or whatever it is, 
there can be moments when you approach and suddenly half the table is leaving at the same time. So um, trying to pick the right moment is, is a good start. Um, try and look and see whether that table or that group looks as if they are there to stay, um, if they look relaxed, laughing in reasonable amount of animated conversation. Um, make sure that the group, as much as you can tell from a distance, will be receptive to you approaching and showing them some magic. So that's the first element really, is, is trying to find a group that is not going anywhere and that it's the right moment for. The, the second element is when you actually walk up to the group, know in advance where you're going to stand. Um, if there's a, a group of people around a table, there may be a gap that's more obvious for you to squeeze into in order to perform and get the attention of the table and you need to work out in advance where that gap is because what you don't want to do and this applies particularly with a group of people all standing you don't want to be sort of dithering uh, sort of start to go to one area that oh no that's not right and, uh, or not look like you know what you're doing so make up your mind where you're going to stand uh, and where you're going to stand will be determined as I say possibly where there's the best gap or it could be for other reasons for instance you may not want to go and stand if you're in a say in a I don't know, a, a, a dining room of some sort, uh, or a dinner function room that has big mirrors. You may not wish to go and stand so that the mirror is directly behind you, in case you're doing a move and people behind you can see. Um, or there may be bad angles from other tables and so on and so forth. So um, making up your mind in advance where you're going to actually stand is the second thing that I would recommend that you do when you, before you approach a table. And the third thing is approach with confidence. <laughs> um, don't go up thinking, oh gosh, I hope they're going to pay attention to me, I hope this will go all right. Get your head right. Walk up, at least look confident, even if you don't feel it. Because the way that you approach that table, when people s sort of stop talking and look round at you, what they see, the, way you, the first few words that you utter, the way you apparently look, if you look confident, you look like you're supposed to be there, you look like you're somebody who they should pay attention to, you're more likely to have an immediate success with that group and get their attention immediately. Um, so make sure that the group isn't going to leave, in other words, try and spot the best time to go. Secondly, know where you're going to stand with that group and thirdly, make it look like you're supposed to be there, approach with confidence. And in order to get the attention of the group, um, don't be afraid to speak directly to everybody in the group. I do this a lot. Um, the very first thing I'll do when I go up to a table, because often if everybody's having conversations and they don't know that you're going to be arriving at all, um, they're not expecting you. So they have so many, especially at a dinner function, so many sort of waiters and waitresses and various other people, wine waiters and so on, keep coming to the table. People round the table, after a while, they don't even bother looking. They just, you know, somebody arrives at their shoulder and they just carry on their conversation. So they're not being rude to you necessarily. It's just that they just think you're another waiter or somebody else. They're not paying any attention. So what you need to do, uh, the very first thing I think, is to speak to everybody to get their attention so that they understand that something is about to happen, which they all need to watch, if at all possible. So I will look across the table and I'll say, good evening, hello, how are you, hello, sorry to interrupt you, good evening. And I will go round the table, across the table, not walking round, 
looking across the table, hello, good evening, sorry to interrupt you, sir. I will do that. I'll interrupt people um, and try and get their attention and then I'll explain that, good evening, my name is Mark, I'm the magician for the evening, I've come to show you a little bit of magic. And, and that way they know who you are, why you're there, uh, and I usually like to put it just, I may say, show you one or two magic tricks so they know you're not going to be there forever. Uh, and you will usually get their attention. And one little trick, incidentally, um, if you find two people are ignoring you, and you do get people who do this, it's very off-putting, you, you speak into everybody and there's two there and they are determined that under no circumstances are they going to stop their conversation. One little tip is, walk round the table as you're saying hello and go and stand in between them. It's perfect. They can't look round you very easily. I will go and stand in between them and I'll say, hello, sorry to interrupt you, good evening, I'm the magician. And that way, you can. there's more than one group, you can't do it, who are not paying you any attention. But usually there'll be one set maybe at the absolute maximum. And so you can go and stand in between them and that may break them up and stop them talking long enough for you to do a bit of entertainment. So if you're not experienced of approaching a table, don't make a big thing of it. Um, one of the good things about, especially things like dinner functions, is that once you've done one or two tables, chances are that a lot of the other tables will have noticed that you're going around doing some magic, especially if you're getting good reaction, there's applause and so on. Like, what's going on? They look over and they see you standing, people laughing, you doing tricks. Um, then they look forward to you coming. And uh, so when you do go up to the table, no introduction is necessary. The moment you approach, you go, oh, oh, here he is, here he is, he's here. Oh, we thought you were never coming to us. You know, they're, they're expecting you to, to, to turn up. Um, and so at that point, there's no introduction, there's no approach is necessary at all. You just walk straight up to the table, smile at everybody, look confident and just begin. Uh, it's much, much easier. More difficult, of course, is um, if you're doing a restaurant where there's a turnover of tables. With a dinner function, everybody's obviously eating at the same time, pretty much, because the courses are all are served and cleared sort of in a sequence. Whereas in a restaurant, where it's not a, an, an overall function in the restaurant, people are coming in at different times, they're, they're eating and they're on different courses at different times. And so um, they, some people may have come in, you entertain them, they leave, some new people come, they haven't realised that for the last hour you've been entertaining people at other tables because they weren't even in the building. So you, there are more sort of cold starts perhaps necessary in a restaurant. But the same principles apply, and if you do it right, um, then you shouldn't have any problems getting the attention. So there you are. That's Mark's monthly message for this month, how to approach a table. Right, moving on to the second extract then, and this one covers the topic of how to get really great reactions from the spectators who are at the tables that you entertain. Hello and welcome to Mark's monthly message. This month I'm going to talk to you about audience reaction and how to get it. It's interesting really, isn't it? Because if you're a cabaret performer or a stage performer, um, getting a reaction is normally not too much of a problem because there's an expectation amongst the audience that at certain points during your act, they're going to give you some sort of reaction. Uh, obviously, the better an act you are, the bigger the reaction you may get. 
but there's still an expectation amongst the audience members that they are going to applaud you at various points. And although you can point up when those moments are in your act, the expectation is there they're going to do it nonetheless. However, if you come out of that sort of environment, so you're, you're not at a big show, you're not in a theatre or anything like that, and you transfer the entertainment to somewhere more unusual, say at a dinner function or something like that, then the expectation to applaud is suddenly removed. Do you normally applaud in a restaurant? Actually, no, you don't. Do you normally applaud when you're not watching a big show at a dinner function? No, you probably wouldn't expect to. But as entertainers, of course, there are occasions when it's very nice for us to be getting some loud and obvious reaction from the tables that we're entertaining. Now, I think there are occasions when actually getting applause is a bad idea. I know that may seem like, sound like a strange thing to say, but if you imagine a situation where you're working in a very quiet restaurant, it might be an upmarket place, and where there's hushed conversations going on, or where there's just a little bit of piped background music, or like a, a harp player in the corner, or something like that, where there's a sophistication. For you to come blundering in and then start to try and get the people at tables to, to make loud rounds of applause and, and sort of reactions, would, although it might be quite nice for you, it would make them probably feel very self-conscious because everywhere else is so quiet. And also it may affect the general mood of the whole room. And the people who own the restaurant or who are running the place may not, in fact, be that happy that their nice atmosphere is being punctuated by this loud applause. It seems out of context. It doesn't seem right. So I think under those circumstances, it's best actually not to encourage applause. I mean, if somebody gives it to you, a little bit of applause, that's fine, but I don't think you should encourage it necessarily. Um, another occasion when it's very difficult to get applause is when you're doing mix and mingle. Uh, everybody's standing up and inevitably they have a drink in at least one hand, if not so a little bit of food in the other. Uh, they physically cannot applaud. So you have to obviously be aware of this. I mean, I know it sounds obvious, but if you start coming in with, with lines suggesting that they should have applauded when they didn't, I think, well, how on earth can we? I mean, it's a, it's a stupid thing to try and encourage them to do because they'd have to put all the stuff down in order to then give you a round of applause. There may not be anywhere to, to, put, to put stuff down. And of course, the moment anyway has probably gone by the time they've done all that. So don't even think about trying to get applause um, under those circumstances. But where applause is really, really good, I think, is at um, tables when you have a big dinner function. Where there's a lot of bustle and noise and loads of things going on. I think it's great to be getting some volume, vol a volume, good volume of reaction from the people that you're entertaining. And I think it's good for a number of reasons. Um, firstly, it's good because if this table's reacting well, the table over there that you're going to go to in a minute hears how well you're doing at this table now and thinks, oh, yeah, he, he must be good. Looking forward to him coming to us. So it's, you're kind of um, opening up the door in advance for acceptance at other tables by getting good reaction at previous tables. People get interested, they want to see what you're doing, they're aware that you're there. So it makes it so much easier when you go up to their table too. Um, also the organisers, um, if they hear from different places around the room as you're working around the room, pockets of excitement and of, of, of reaction and applause going on, they think, oh, yeah, he's, he's good, glad we booked him. He's obviously very good. People seem to love him, which is very good for your standing and also, of course, for future bookings. Um, often the organisers um, sit, will be sitting at a table themselves having a meal. So they may not be aware of where you are. They just keep on hearing this applause. And I've had people who've written to me after shows uh, commenting on this very fact. I say how nice it was 
to hear the, the great reaction I was getting from various places around the room. Now, if you go around and you're very, very quiet and you're not getting any reaction, the people who are organising or actually eating, concentrating on eating their meal and having their conversation, might look up and think, is that magician doing anything? Because with all the waiters and waitresses walking around, other people perhaps a little bit mobile, going to the toilet, going to the bar, they may not notice that you are actually working at tables at all. They may think, well, he's not doing very much, where is he? So by getting a reaction, they know that you're working and they know you're being successful. So if we understand that there's the principle, at dinner functions particularly, that you need to get applause, what happens if you don't get it? Hmm. Well, there are a number of different ways that you can, uh, you can get applause. And, and the way that I do it is um, mainly through the use of certain lines. Um, if I get to the end of a trick, and they've obviously enjoyed it, but they just feel inhibited, too inhibited to give me a round of applause, I'll often look around the table and I'll say, I normally consider that to be an applause point, which is almost like saying, are you going to applaud or not? And they go, oh, sorry. <laughs> and sometimes they'll say, no, it's okay, we, we were just stunned. And uh, so I say, well, stunned I like, but applause I like even more. Um, so you've then told them it's okay to clap. You know? um, another line that I use, and in fact I've written some down on, on just to remind me on a piece of paper here. Another one I like to use is, um, uh, if you want to applaud, now's a really good moment. Which I quite like that too. It's Again, you're asking for your applause. Um, but it's accepted because the way you say it. You don't say it with irritation, you say it with good humour, with a little smile, with a cheeky little grin or something like that. And you think, oh, it's okay to clap. Um, another one that I, uh, that I like to, uh, to use is, um, and, and this is great if you can see them thinking, oh, shall we applaud? And if you put this in at exactly the right moment, you'll get the applause. Uh, I'll say, um, uh, you don't have to applaud. And then I look like that as if to say, oh, please. So they go, oh, okay. And then they'll clap. So there are, there are various lines that you, you can use, and there's another one that I, that I use in one particular trick, actually, and I use it after the first, the first trick I've done at a table. If they don't applaud, then I will say something along the lines of... Um, now, people, people tend to react to this trick in one of two ways. Either they go, <gasps> and then they go and dance on a table. Now, if anybody, now, I usually point to a lady and I say, now, if you fancy dancing on a table, uh, there is a spare one over here, we could clear a space, because we actually quite like to see that. You don't fancy that? Uh, okay, later, later maybe. Now, those people who don't want to dance on a table, sometimes what they prefer to do is they like to clap. And then I just wait. And they go, oh, all right. So then they clap. And I say, there you are, you see, that's so much more dignified than dancing on a table, wasn't it? So now, again, I've given them permission to clap and also put into their minds that there's now an expectation that at the end of each trick, I want them to clap. I mean, clapping's good at a table anyway because it covers for you putting one proper way and getting another out and it kind of marks a line between, all right, there's one trick, it's finished, reaction, now we're going to move on to the next one. Um, it, it punctuates, rather than not being sure has he finished this trick yet or what, what's going on, but the applause apart from all the other reasons I've already outlined, helps with that too. Um, another thing that I do to get applause, um, that's not speaking, I just go, it's a bit like a stagey thing, but it's done in a slightly mocking way. So I get to the end of the trick, and blah, 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 chunk, and I go, ta-da! And I do that, and they go, oh! And the other thing I occasionally do is, is I'll do, and I actually clap my own hands together just once. 
and that sound sometimes sparks off applause. So it's it's interesting, these little things that you can do, uh, and it seems odd doing it in isolation now, but in, in, in the sort of, when you're doing a show, these little things can be a really good way to, uh, to get people to respond. Now, the other thing I was going to tell you about um, is, is what happens, and I've written a couple of lines down here, that what happens when you get a sort of muted applause? Because the lines that I've already explained to you are when you get no applause, but sometimes what happens is, of course, people go, some of the people will give you a little clap, or some will go like this and then not, as if they weren't quite sure whether that was the thing to do. And so you end up with this kind of muted response, which is almost as bad as no applause at all, to be honest. So, um, so what I do is, and I've written down, I say, a couple of the lines that I use under these circumstances. Um, so one or two people clap and I'll go, oh, thanks, I love it when you patronise me. <laughs> because it sounds like... They're sort of go, oh, oh, well done, well done, in that sort of patronising terms. Well, it wasn't really well done. So I, I like to say, oh, I love it when you patronise me, which said in the right way makes people laugh. And then I, what I find is that the next time an applause comes, it, it's more forthcoming, which is interesting. Um, and then, of course, the other line that I use, and I know uh, lots of other people use this line, is, is you get just one or two people clap round and I say, thanks, what do the rest of you think? which is quite funny, because now they know that they're all expected to clap. So these are just some of the lines that you can use and some of the ways that you can get reaction from your audience. There are other lines that you can use, and you do need to choose lines that you can deliver in the right way. Um, uh, you don't want to make it look like um, you, you act so bad that you're telling the audience off for not reacting, or, or something like that. Um, you want it to be fun, you want it to be something that Basically what you're doing is, you're look, it's okay to clap here. And once people have got into the habit of it, and it's interesting, once they clap once, I find that they will clap each time after each trick. And I also make sure I get a round of applause when I leave the table, because I always finish the table in a particular way, and then elicit another, if I can, I'll elicit another round of applause. So if I'm only doing um, a couple of tricks at a table, I've still got perhaps as many as, I've done two tricks, but I've got at least three rounds of applause, which is always good. People hear you getting more than one round of applause from an, any given table. So there you are, that's Mark's monthly message for this month. Um, if you've not used any of those techniques before, I hope you'll find them useful. And it will make you think about ways that you can use that will fit with your performing personality to get more reaction from the tables that you do. So then we've covered so far how to approach a table. We've talked about how to get good reactions from spectators at the table. Now we're going to finally, in the third extract, cover how you know how long to actually remain with a given table when you're performing at a busy function. Well, hello and welcome to Mark's Monthly Message. You know, over the years I've been asked two particular questions by close-up magicians more times than all the rest put together. The first question I get asked a lot is, um, how do you approach your table? And the second question, and the one I want to talk about today, is how do you know how long to stay with a group or at a table? 
you know, it's one thing to, to have a, a system to effectively approach a table, but once you actually get there, deciding how long you're going to perform for that group does actually take a little bit of thinking about. Um, there are two basic ways that you can make a decision. The first way is down to simple timing. If you're at a large dinner function, you've got a lot of tables to get round and only a certain amount of time in which to do it all, then simple maths will tell you that I can only stay perhaps five minutes at the most at any one table, because to stay any longer will mean you simply haven't got enough time to get round everybody. So in that sense it's relatively straightforward because you just do a calculation. You have to make allowances of course for the fact that you can't always perform all of the time, depending on at a dinner function, at what stage tables are ready to receive you when they're not eating, but nevertheless it will give you a rough idea. But there are other occasions, say like in a restaurant for instance, where perhaps um, there's not a lot of pressure on your time, um, because people are all starting and finishing their meals at different stages, unlike a dinner function where everybody basically eats at the same time. So there may well be tables where you could, if you wanted to, stay 10 or 15 minutes. But should you? Well, the way that you decide, or the way certainly that I over years have decided, is, is to, uh, I always want to um, leave my table wanting more. The, the old axiom about leave them wanting more. And I always try to do that. But judging when that moment is, if you have relatively limitless time to, to potentially spend with them, is an art in itself. You see, a lot of magicians, they don't, I don't think they look at their audience enough and are sensitive enough to the mood of the people around a table. Um, there, there are telltale signs. If you're doing really well, people are laughing, they're engaging with you, making comments and are looking very closely at what you're doing and are clearly thoroughly enjoying themselves. Then naturally enough, the temptation is to keep on going all the time that you're, you're there and they seem to be enjoying themselves, it seems like a good idea. And at times this can be fine. But there are other times when you go to a table, you do say one routine, lasting four or five minutes, and at the end of that routine someone will say, well that's great, thanks ever so much, and then they'll turn away from you. It's almost like they're kind of dismissing you, that was very nice, enjoyed that, don't want any more now. Now sometimes if that happens to me and I feel that the group as a, as a general group, other than that just individual who's just made that comment, if everybody else appears keen to see some more, I say, well actually I'm going to do another quick one for you if you don't mind and I may do another quick trick at that point. But there are times when it's clear that everybody has actually had enough. So to therefore stay on and do um, a longer uh, set if you like could be a mistake because now they've kind of mentally switched off from you Oh, no, he's doing more, is he? Oh, right, well, I suppose we can watch then. Now there's a slightly different attitude. And it's harder, I think, for you to make a success when you stay, under, stay on under those circumstances. There are little telltale signs also uh, that you can see if people are getting restless. If instead of looking at you, they start to look down or they start to get distracted by things by looking around the room. Some people even just get out their phone and start fiddling with it sure signs that you're starting to lose the group. Under those circumstances I would certainly look to be removing myself at the earliest opportunity. Because for most people, um, one, two tricks is probably enough. And this is something I can never quite understand about um, people who have um, a set show that they do at each group or each table. Let's say you have a set show, it lasts, for example, eight minutes comprising of three tricks. 
and your, your decision is you will always do those three tricks for every group. Well, for some groups it won't be enough, but for the majority it probably will be too much. Eight minutes is a long time. And it could well be, under a lot of circumstances, when there's a lot of things going on, that it's too long. So every time you do that, you're, you're st overstaying your welcome, and thereby reducing the overall impact, perhaps, that you're having with that particular group. So my general advice about how long do you stay is, well, it's, to a certain extent, it's how long is a piece of string, is the kind of the answer. But I think the real clue is, don't do what so many, many magicians do and plough on regardless. But try to be sensitive to the group. Look around. Try to judge where their levels of interest are. Have they peaked and are they starting to come down the other side? Or actually, are they really keen to see? But sometimes people say to you, oh, what else have you got? And they are clearly uh, you know, engaged with you and want to see you do some more. Well, obviously, then you can feel free to stay. But um, many other occasions, that's not going to happen. And so you need to, I think, to be a bit sensitive about how long you remain with that group if you want to leave them at the end wanting more and uh, excited by what you did. So something for you to think about, keep an eye on your audience, try to be sensitive to their needs and that way you'll make the best impact. And that's Mark's monthly message for this time. So there we are then. That's all the podcast for this time. I hope you found those three topics of interest and use. And I'll look forward to seeing you next month when we return to the more normal format for the podcast. Have a good month in the meantime. Bye for now.